Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This reading is taken from Philippians 1, verses 1 to 2. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Before we do jump into the series, just to say, I, hasn't the summer been amazing? I don't know if you've caught up uh, in terms of the Psalm 23 series. I just wanted to commend every individual who shared something of their story of just allowing it to breathe life in respect to how Jesus is our good shepherd. And the vulnerability that people shared at was just blown away. I was just like, oh man, this is why I'm part of this family. Like, it's amazing. Like, if you, didn't, if you went around, man, you lost out, but you didn't because you can go back and catch up. So go online, YouTube, or listen to it through SoundCloud, and you can listen, or various other podcasts. Um, You can listen to those stories as they're amazing. And what I was left with was ultimately this wonder at who Jesus is as our good shepherd, that he is so, so good. And um, before we jump in the series, I just want to give a moment for us to just reflect on a question that we're living with as a church community. I've been living here with it since the very start of the year, as we believe that Jesus truly is good and that we want to be those that seek to center the whole of our being on him. But recognize that if we're not careful, our gaze and our way of living can quickly be orientated around other things. And therefore, we've said, actually, let's just give ourselves to continuously asking the question, how are we doing living centered on Jesus How are we doing living centered on Jesus? Or how are you doing living centered on Jesus? And what we've said is, this isn't like a condemnation question. It isn't like, well, try better. It's rather this encouragement of saying, Jesus offers us this life, a life in full. And we want to live in the good of it. Therefore, let's spur one another on to say, how's it going living like that? Therefore, that's what we're going to do. Just for three minutes, if you're online, jump on the chat, say how it's going. If you're in the room, turn to some people around you and say, how's it going? Maybe you're new here and you're thinking, really? I'm freaking out. Just ask someone else and say, hey, are you regularly here? Well, how do you do this? And just let them answer. Maybe you're here and thinking, I don't even know who Jesus is. Well, ask them, say, hey, how does this shape your life? There we go, three minutes, literally, turn and ask the question, how are you doing living centered on Jesus? We're going to keep asking this question as we move on this year. And when we start next year, uh, I don't think we're going to find that, yep, we've answered that. Let's carry on with life. I think we're going to find, actually, I don't know, this is the question. This is the question that will shape our lives. As we recognize that to being, being centered around Jesus, being transformed, all that was spoken of this morning through worship, means that, yeah, I'm not who I was. I'm also not who I'm going to be. I am who I am at the moment. That's amazing. Jesus is continuing his transformation. Therefore, we need to keep encouraging one another to live centered on Jesus. And to help us do that, we're going to be looking at this beautiful, amazing, wonderful letter written by Paul to a church in Philippi. 
entitled Philippians. And we're going to do it under the banner heading of Jesus is enough, full stop. And I tell you what, that is good news. See, Jesus is enough, full stop, is something Paul wants the Philippians to get hold of, is something Paul wants us as readers now to get hold of, because that's the truth. A full stop means end of sentence, nothing added on. It's not a comma. There's not something in brackets. It's Jesus is enough, full stop, for you and for me. That means that Jesus is enough, full stop, not Jesus is enough, and. Do you find yourself doing that sometimes? Jesus is enough and my healthy bank balance, my work progression, what I can show in my achievements, my good works, my good life. No, no. Jesus is enough, full stop. But what about the other one? Maybe it's not and. Maybe it's but. Jesus is enough, but. If you knew my past, If you knew the stuff that I was struggling with, if you knew the mystery that I'm trying to kind of work out, if you knew kind of like the stuff that I thought this morning, or actually if you knew what I did last night, I don't know, there's no but. Jesus is enough, full stop. And what we're going to discover through this letter is that Paul wants us to get hold of this wonderful reality that Jesus is enough full stop in uncertainty. You see, this letter is written by Paul whilst he's in prison. And he's in prison because he's awaiting sentencing. And we're going to find that as he's wrestling with awaiting sentencing, actually that may mean death. So he's living with this deep sense of uncertainty. We're going to discover that he wants to reveal that Jesus is enough in our circumstances. We're going to find that he says, actually, whether I'm in times of utter plenty or utter need, you find Jesus is enough, full stop. We're going to find that he reveals that Jesus is enough, full stop, in diversity. You see, the Philippian church would have been made up of loads of different sorts of people. It was this Roman outpost within what we know as like mainland Greece now. And as such as this Roman outpost, it was full of like natives, people who were originally there. It was then full of like retired soldiers because they were kind of a policy at that point say actually don't come back to Rome because we haven't actually got enough space or uh, food. So what we'll do is we'll we'll take over that place and say, oh no, you don't want to go to Rome, go there. It's much better. So it's full of like retired Roman soldiers. It's full of like Roman citizens, people who kind of got this special status to say, hey, we're not just anyone, we're Roman citizens. So locals, ex-soldiers, Roman citizens. It was then full of poor. The poor were there. And the poor were just questioning what's life going to look like. And then they reckon like 50% of the population at that point would have been slaves. And that's the melting pot that the Philippi church community was in. Utter diversity. Imagine that, going to the gathering and realizing you're there with your master. And and Paul saying, yep, Jesus is enough, full stop, in how you work this out. 
He's saying that Jesus, we're gonna discover, he says Jesus is enough full stop when facing opposition. Paul, even though he's in prison, is still facing opposition. The church in Philippi was birthed in opposition. And what we can discover, and my hope is that we do this, is that as we linger on how Paul reveals that Jesus is enough full stop, it will transform us as he was longing for it to transform the church in Philippi. See, it will transform us in who we are, of recognizing that Jesus in a full stop changes our identity and gives us purpose. It's going to transform how we relate to one another, of understanding that we are called to this bond of unity, that we're able to reveal something that is fundamentally different to anything else that you can encounter on the earth. It's going to transform how we relate to the world outside. When we're going to discover that we're to be like stars shining in the sky. And it's going to transform the joy we know. That we're going to discover a joy that is unwaveringly found in Jesus. Can you see why I was excited? Like, this is an amazing letter to get some time in. This is an amazing truth that I want us to get hold of, that Jesus is enough full stop for you and for me. And over the coming few months, we're going to run this up to our Advent series at the end of November, as we do like Christmas, because we get to celebrate Jesus came into our world to draw us into his story. But as we get there, I want to invite you to become part of this. Like, spend time over the next few months just reading through the letter of Philippians. Spend time kind of studying this letter. Maybe grab a commentary that is someone else who's done some study around it to help you understand more of what's going on. Like, spend time sharing what you're finding out, what you're discovering as you're reading, as the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you. Like, share what you're discovering. Share stories of how you're discovering Jesus is enough full stop. And didn't you love it as we were hearing it this morning? Like hearing stories of just like, oh yeah, Jesus is enough. Full stop. It does us good. And then I say, let's get creative over the next few months. For some of us, like, why not write a song about this? Maybe a poem. Maybe that your kind of way of expressing it is through, I don't know, like um, a photo you take or a, a painting you paint. Like, give yourself to say, hey, this, this is my offering. As we discover together, as we look at this amazing letter, that Jesus is enough, full stop. But to start off with, I want to look at these first two verses that ever so eloquently read over us. The Philippians 1, verses 1 to 2. And in zooming in on it, um, there's loads we could look at. You know, we could look at the lordship of Jesus. We will look at that over the coming weeks. We could look at leadership. Yeah, we'll look at that in the next few weeks. But what I want us to look at is what Paul says in verse 2, where he says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I want to look at the wonder of grace and peace. You see, for Paul, this was the foundation of everything that he believed, everything that his life was built on, and everything he therefore then went to do. 
You see, his understanding of the beauty of grace, of the Father through the Son by the Spirit that produces peace, changed his life forever. And therefore, as he starts this letter to the Philippians, he can't help but say, yep, yep, I want you to receive more of this grace that will produce peace. And the same is true for you. The same is true for me that the desire is that we would know more of this grace that produces peace. Let's look at grace. Grace is God's unmerited, unconditional favor, love, and acceptance supremely revealed through Jesus. That Jesus entered our stories in order to bring us into his to know the life that he has eternally known. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything he is. Can you see why Paul got excited about this? You see, for, for Paul, grace forever changed who he was. You can discover it in his writings throughout the New Testament. Let's just take a couple of them. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says this, but whatever I am now, it's all because of God poured out his special favor on me and not without results for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. Or 2 Corinthians 12.9 where Paul writes, my grace, God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So Paul says, no, now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. See, for Paul, he understood that grace, God's unconditional love, favor, revealed through Jesus, saved him, rescued him from darkness into light. But that's not where it ends. He then says, it not only saved me, it defined me. I am who I am because of the grace of God in and at work in my life. That I am now one who is defined as unconditionally loved forever. Nothing to prove. Absolutely amazing. And then says, oh, and this grace has defined not just who I am, but all that I do. And therefore, I can celebrate in all of the ways that I'm gifted and the things that I get to do, and also celebrate in all the ways that I'm not gifted and not able to do, because I can celebrate in how others are gifted in those things. And so grace not only saves me, it defines me. And he says, oh yeah, this grace, it sustains me. He says, yeah, I've worked harder than anyone. Man, that's a claim, isn't it? <laughs> I've worked harder than all the other guys and girls, yeah, I've worked hard on them. Um, and then he goes, oh yeah, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was God's grace at work in me. Wow, like, that's the way? Like to be sustained by God's unmerited favor and love towards us? And then he goes a bit step further in that 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where he says, oh yeah, and actually the truth is I'm weak. And I've realized the secret here is to admit my weakness and understand God's grace is sufficient. That's good news for someone like me because I too am very weak and I need God's grace. 
And Paul's invitation, therefore, is say, hey, hey, be those who live receiving this grace, a grace that, yes, saves you, but a grace that is seeking to define you, a grace that is seeking to sustain you. Like, how often do we live this life thinking, oh, yes, down to me now? Okay, Jesus, you kind of, through your life, death, and resurrection, you've caused me to know a right relationship with God. Now I've got to get on with it. You know, Rachel was sharing, saying, no, no, no you know, it's not down to you. <laughs> Never was. It's that God has everything we need to live this life. That's good news. Which brings me to a coffee cup. I got the, you know, I, to be honest, I don't really like this coffee cup. I, I just want to put it out there. I didn't pick the best one, but it's a coffee cup. Sorry, whoever donated this, I'm not insulting you. Um, it is beautiful. Um, there's a thing that I often talk about is my love of coffee. And coffee I do really like, and it does give me energy. Let me, into, let me let you into a secret about my life. Coffee does give me energy, but it doesn't make me a nice person. See, sometimes I can get coffee in my system and it gives me energy to do the stuff that I need to do, but how I do it isn't how I'm meant to do, that, do it. You see, the truth is, yeah, coffee gives me energy, but God's grace defines how I do everything. You see, I have to live because I'm a weak, vulnerable guy. Like, left to my own devices, I mess up. Left to my own devices, I am harmful to others. Left to my own devices, I become more and more self-centered. But when I come to that point of using three words that are familiar with an oasis, of pausing within my day, grabbing my coffee, and in the moment of pause, saying, God, I center again on the wonder of your gift of grace to me that you have everything I need, that I am loved unconditionally, that your favor is towards me. I receive again of everything I need to be who I'm meant to be and do all I'm meant to do today. And then I continue. And the truth is, like this week, it started off pretty bad, if I'm honest. Like, I'd had two weeks holiday, and you think, man, you should be on the top of the world. That's a privilege to have two weeks holiday. Yeah, but I was just ill for the entire two weeks. I'm not looking for sympathy, 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 or a symphony. Um, I was just ill. And so after two weeks, I kind of get back, and what I realize is, yep, I switched off from stuff that was on my mind, but I wasn't that rested. And then I felt like I was starting back with lots of different things that were really good to be involved in and realizing, I, I don't know if I've got this. I felt like my, my whole mind was scattered. And I was thinking, okay, I just got to work a bit harder. Come on, wake up. And then, because I'm slow to learn still, I got to this point Tuesday morning. Man, it took me 24 hours. Tuesday morning, oh, grace, grace, transforms, absolutely transforms, isn't down to me, never was, Jesus, you've got this. And I tell you what it does, 
in that moment of realizing that I'm inviting Jesus, who's already got squatters' rights, to come and be part and make his home through all that I'm doing, is that it brings peace. That's why Paul says, like, grace and peace. Peace is like the outworking of God's grace in our life. As the Spirit comes and brings more of that realization that God's got this for us, whatever this is for you, God's got it. It brings peace. And that word peace is a word that means wholeness. It's not like some higher state of mind. It's this wholeness, a wholeness in the whole of who we are, a wholeness in how we relate to God. A wholeness in how we relate within ourselves, a wholeness in how we relate to others is that as I receive this grace, suddenly my scattered mind, the potential is going to start to crush others, becomes whole. That peace comes that reminds me that I am whole with God, that he loves me unconditionally. That within myself, like all the scattered ways of thinking suddenly just like start to link in together. There becomes this wholeness, this peace there. And then how I'm able to relate to others is suddenly I'm not looking to gain, I'm looking to give. Paul says, like, I've come. I've come to invite you to know more of this grace that results in peace. Why? Because it is the foundation of everything we then seek to be and do. Because it's at that point of grace that brings peace, we realize, oh yeah, Jesus really is enough, full stop. I just want to pray for us. Like I didn't share, like the way I'm, learning at the moment to live more centered on Jesus is I just daily journal and um, write prayers. That's what I'm finding, writing prayers. I'm just finding profoundly shaping for my life and how I center more and more on Jesus. And so I just wanna pray over you and I'm praying over me, whether you're online, in the room. So you wanna close your eyes. I pray, would we know more of your peace now, Holy Spirit. A peace that brings a deep sense of comfort. I pray that we would go in your peace, Jesus. A peace that speaks of wholeness in our relationship with God. I pray that in increasing our wholeness within, a wholeness in how we seek to relate to others and ultimately a wholeness in how we relate to you, Father, Son, and Spirit. And I pray, would we be those then who offer peace, wholeness to all those that we come into contact with? That we be those that are seeking to not receive, so, sorry, not to give, but to, to offer, uh, so, sorry, seeking to give, not to receive. Seeking to listen, not simply speak. Seeking to understand, not simply be understood. In order that we cause all we come into contact with to taste of the grace that brings peace 
that's a gift from the Father through the Son, by the Spirit. Amen. Amen.